You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my latest book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like it personalized, send a message to eoldford at flankerpress.com and I'll personalize it and send it out within the week. Makes a great Christmas present. It's almost that time of year again. Remember, flankerpress.com and eoldford at flankerpress.com if you'd like it personalized. Have a great Christmas. Happy hockey season. Hello, hello, welcome, folks, to Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. It's good to be here coming at you this week from beautiful Sudbury, Ontario. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's interesting, as most of you know. I'm here shooting a TV show, okay? I don't really say which one it is. Although very shortly I'll be able to, so stay tuned, okay? It's all going to make sense. I don't think I've mentioned which one it is yet. At least I shouldn't have because um, we're sworn to secrecy. But uh, And it's not Letterkenny. When I say Sudbury, people think, ah, you're up there doing Letterkenny again. And those who like that scene, Letterkenny, I only did the one scene in Letterkenny. Although it, it, um, I don't even know what going viral means. People say it went viral. Is there a, I don't know. There was hundreds of thousands of views. I, I don't know if that qualifies, but I know it was a fun little scene. And I know that letter Kenny is a pretty popular show, especially amongst the uh, hockey Canadiana kind of community. As it would be, I know Brad Pitt watches it. I know most of my buddies watch it. And I know that I've seen, I've seen the vast majority. I, I've, I've just, it's, it's one of those things. At first, it was so unique. And it's way underrated, Letter Kenny. So if, if you guys haven't seen it, if I'm talking to people that haven't, give it a chance. People that have, I'm sure you've noticed the wordplay, which is the reason. I, I know it's got some, the hockey slang is great. Riley and Jonesy, you know, they're classics. Um. The whole, I mean, I, I lived in small town Canada a lot of my life, so it plays on a lot of those stereotypes. Some people will get upset and uh, think that it goes too far. When I say some people, I'm just going by like Twitter, which means nobody. I wonder what the percentage is of the people on Twitter. 10% of the population, really, if you think about it. And then it feels like everybody, but then, and then like one 
idiot will get a retweet or something. I'm just saying of of any complaint I've ever heard. I think a lot of people think it, it goes over the top, but that's the point, right? It plays on the stereotypes and it's funny. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of wordplay going on. And I love Arrested Development for the same. There are two of my, I won't say my very, I don't know. Arrested Development might be my favorite show ever. That's so subjective, but it's one of them. But it's, it's just so, like every, almost every sentence is in on the joke or if not straight up funny, it's a pun referring to something that's coming or something that already happened. And Letterkenny often play off that. They'll, they'll, they'll do a phrase or a word, say, and, and throw it in your face at the beginning. And then the whole episode is kind of, it, it comes back at you and they spin off from that. I think it's brilliant from that point of view, right? Because, and I, and I don't think a lot of people that ne- have never given it a chance realize that they see the small town Canada angle, but but they don't realize the. Uh, I just think the wordplay is just fantastic, and the writers. Well, I know Jared Kiso. I know him a little little bit now. We've we've had some back and forths. I know he's one of the writers, and I know he created. But there's Ed Jacob Tierney. But there's. There's obviously for these shows, there's a writer's room and, you know, there's a process. And I'd love to know exactly how they do it. Same thing with Arrested Development. I'm going, the, the jokes are almost coming so fast that where, what's your starting point? Maybe I'll ask Jared that, that if I ever, if I ever uh, see him again. In any case, Jared Kiso, that is. In any case. Yeah, we're up here in uh, Sudbury doing a TV show. So my guest today, Joe Ishmael, Jonathan, I think it's Jonathan, Joe Ishmael Diaby, who played four years in the Quebec League, uh, good D-man, big guy, went pro, played a uh, couple seasons in the A, couple in the coast. And uh, anyway, he's here. He's, he's in. He's doing this show with me. He, he turned. He's a hockey player turned rapper. And he's here working this show with me. So I figured, why not? I only met him a couple of days ago and I read about his character uh, and didn't realize that he, uh, you know, not many people I come across in the acting community are ex-professional hockey players. But Joe was, uh, and when he said that, you know, I was thinking, well, what, like, one or two games here or there somewhere in the Sunshine League. No, no, he's got a great resume. 6'5", 220. And uh, played hockey with uh, those Newfoundlanders listening. Brandon Hines. Hines, he could shoot it like no other. Brandon Hines is, uh, I don't know about everything else. There's some parts of his game that need to be improved on, obviously, or we wouldn't be playing senior hockey, but... He could have kept going playing pro somewhere. He's just got a cannon. Anyway, they played together in junior. Not, not that I have ever talked to Heinze about it or Joe. I just realized that today researching this interview. And anyway, four years in Victoriaville and then went on. Joe went on to uh, play in Milwaukee Admirals in the A. A few other places, Cincinnati in the coast, and then gave it up and just turned rapper. I mean, I'm sure he was always into music. I don't really know yet. He's given me the... Cole's notes as we're here in the mornings, getting up, having breakfast and working or whatever, but very interesting. And I've seen him skate. He's like, you know, pretty, pretty good D man, big guy. I'm surprised he didn't get more of a shot to be honest, but then again, he might have his, his passion clearly is rapping. Good Montreal boy, black guy. Do I, do I need to say that? Yeah. I've, Every like, <clears throat> I was gonna go. Well, you know, a big black hockey player, and I felt like that was almost racist saying that. But it's not. It's not. It just, uh, you know, he's got dreads. I don't know. Like he looks like a hockey player when he's got his uh, gear on. But you know, as a rapper, I've seen pics now. He's got some style. He's got the long dreads, and I don't know why. Yeah, I say he's black. Doesn't really matter. Gives you a visual, I guess. I'm not saying that one way or the other. Good cat. You know, it's a black guy. There's not many big rapping black 
hockey players, I suppose. So that's why I would describe somebody in that fashion. It's really funny nowadays to, not funny, but it's actually not funny. It's sad how much you have to qualify things like that. Like just identifying something might be um, extreme or racist, but it's not. Uh, Joe's awesome. I, it's already, I can tell he's going to be a friend for life. No doubt. No doubt. Black, white, red, blue, whatever. We're very similar people. And I love his, I've only known him now a few days, but uh, I don't know. You can just tell when someone has a good attitude. Um, you know, positive guy to be around, positive vibes. And usually those kind of people, you know, chase their, it doesn't surprise me that he chased his dream of being a rapper and he's still got a great hockey story. I mean, anybody that ever plays in the American hockey league and considers that a disappointment, not that he does, but you know, the first thing I said, you know, you played in the A and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, I nearly got up. I didn't, I was with Nashville third round pick, you know, and that is, that's crazy, but it's no reason to, not that he does. I'm sure he's proud of himself, but I'm just saying for those players out there that might get even to junior A or, you know, a major junior or CIS or whatever it might be, or the East Coast League, you know, most players don't get to do that, right? And I'd have been a fan either way, whether I had got to play a minute of junior B even or junior A, whatever it is. Had I not left the island, I still would have been a hockey fan. Hockey had me from day one. But it was nice to have the journey. I think that's why as a fan, the journey can be so rewarding because you're, you're getting to see the inside of the very thing that you adore. I don't know. Not every actor gets to be in a TV show, say, you know, so um, I feel fortunate that way, but that was a bad comparison. I wasn't saying because I'm an actor. Not every musician gets to, you know, open and, and, and play in front of five or 10,000 people. Um, whatever it's going to be, you know, you there, there are there are bucket list things and things that happen along the way that should be a feather in your hat. And I think in hockey, it's easy to miss that because the goal is the NHL to most people. Right. But I mean, just to, just to play junior there, you're, you're against the odds. Most people, I mean, from the people that put on their gear when they start playing hockey, uh, you know, only so many get to play all-star and then only so many from all-star get to play even junior B. And in my mind, once you even start, well, if you play junior, you kind of get it because the, you know, minor hockey still, even triple A still, there's parents around. If you play junior, I mean, junior B is, is, it's a microcosm of life, first of all, but it's, it's very, in a, in, you know, it's relative terms. It's no different than being in the NHL dressing room. It's the same kind of thing, right? You got your leaders, you got your, the people at the bottom, at the top, the power play, you know, the coach, you have to make sure that you see how things get run, I guess, in pro you're living on your own in junior, you got to bill it maybe, but the, the, the bare bone structure of it is the same. So if you've, and there I'd use Jared Kiso again, as an example, if you take letter Kenny fans that watch it or whatever, and the, the scene I did on letter Kenny was a, uh, was a hockey scene. Check it out. I think it's type in Newfoundland letter. Kenny it'll come up, but you know, Jared played junior B, right. But so he, he gets it though. And you can tell in the way he writes and, you know, and I'm sure there's people helping, but if you make it to junior B, it's the same parallel universe you're living in, right? The same lingo, uh, the, it's approach, it, it's, it's approached rather professionally in that the coach, there's a pecking order, right? There's rookies, there's veterans. All of a sudden there's 16 year olds and 20 year olds that there's a two year swing, like in minor hockey. Um, you're often living on your own you got to stand up for yourself, right? And you got to be a teammate. All of a sudden the cage comes off. You got a half Pfizer. Now there's fighting now. So now there's a bit of sacrifice. Okay. I know you grew up with this guy. Gary Clark was your line mate all the way up, but he's not here now. This is Todd who you just met from Whitby. Now you got to go out there and fight for him. Right. And, and that's the same all the way up. The reasons might be slightly different, but it's the same sort of thing. You learn sacrifice living on your own. You learn, 
independence. I loved independence, right? Even though junior, you're so happy, you're making like 60 bucks a week, but who cares? I'm on my own. You know, it, it feels so great. Now you go through those life changes and the hockey gets better and the life experiences go from a boy's to a man's. But underneath it all, it's still the great game of hockey, right? And uh, if you'll notice, a lot of writers that write about hockey and things, they did all, they, they made it to junior and no further. Uh, and, 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 you know, because of that, they're probably super fans. And I mean, as I am, I'm a super fan as well. I don't mean like in the way of that they're clingy super fans. I mean, they're just big, huge fans of the game and played it to a certain level and really wanted to get up. So they pay attention to detail, right? It's, it's why, why do you think so many guys who are fairly tough, let's just say Craig Berube that played the game are good coaches, right? Because they're, they, 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 I mean, they might, Brant Myers will tell you, right? You want to get out there more, but you can't. He's like, fuck that. Half the time, I didn't even know the think about the puck when I was on the ice, you know, I was playing a role. And, but a lot of the tough guys like Brent and, and so many others, Craig Berube, I'm not saying the boys didn't play at all. I'm sure there's the odd game they played on the power play. But if you're generally not playing a lot, if your role is one that requires little time on ice, you learn a lot. I learned the most about the game ever. And I, I've said this before. I consciously anyway, in those years that I was up, I was a black ace in Montreal because growing up, I mean, obviously you're going to learn a lot, but it doesn't feel like you're absorbing it. it. It's almost, what's the word? Osmosis. You're, you're learning as it's happening. And a lot of it you're unaware of. It's not like you're studying a book. But then you get up to the NHL and it is kind of like that because you're going over video and things and you want to be the best teammate you can. And my my thing was, you know, the boys want tunes on or whatever. Tell me what you want to hear. I'll throw in maybe maybe the odd joke, fill up the bottles. You know, that was still a thing, you know, at the end. Of, I mean, at the end of practice, we had water people. But I mean, you know, I would often we're out there black ace and it we're out there two hours after you know get some gatorades bring them out for the boys make sure to pick up the pucks last there's a role but as as you're doing those things you know a scorer would be that's playing all the time is worrying about his job a, a, a fighter the same thing you know if you're just playing the game that night and you're going to play a regular shift you're probably very aware of that the role that you're going to play and it's you're absorbing it, but not as consciously. For me, I would be like on the bench, like many of those games I tell you about grocery stick. It wasn't really a bad thing though. Like I was literally going, oh, that's what we're doing. So as in my head, right, the, the, the plays that we were doing, say a power play breakout, I'm looking at it knowing by the second period, knowing I'm not going to get a shift. But now I'm looking at Mark Recchi and, and Pierre Turgeon and Vincent Damfus and Stefan Quintal and uh, Patrice Brisebois. I'm, I'm watching these, fucking unbelievable players pull off exactly what we were taught and it sticks in your head then right a lot more gets absorbed especially the same thing in practices right whenever i don't know when did i play a lot you know and, and i was one of the main guys would be saying junior right and i do remember i must have learned a lot in junior i improved but it definitely wasn't as conscious like i but in the NHL, um, and I don't mean that in the, like in the show, I'm, I'm studying a book and I'm, it's like math homework. I just mean that you go over the video, you're watching yourself. And one of the jobs is to be there. I mean, they're paying you good money. Could be a lot worse. So, you know, during practice and then you know, they're working on the power play as a fan and as an absorber of knowledge, let alone a teammate, I'm looking at right in front of me, Saku Koivu, right? Be the bumper guy. And, you know, Mark Recchio, I still say, even he played that long, he's still underrated. Fuck, Rex could fly like a little bowling ball too, way stronger on the puck than people think. So many play, great players in that generation, though, right? It's easy to lose guys like that. But um, anyway, I'm looking at it. I, I just always felt privileged. Like I, I'd love to see my face back then. Cause even at the worst of times, I think I would have been smiling. You know, I was always like every day I was in there going, Holy shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in the Molson center. Now the bell center. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like I almost felt like an imposter, but, uh, but you know, I'm glad it made me appreciate things and,
I have great collections and friends. It still blows me away that even like Shane Corson is a buddy. Uh, now, e even though Tux became an NHL star, I guess you could say for sure. But Tux, Darcy Tucker, that is, you know, was my roommate. We came through the West together. So it's not like I was already like, I don't want to use the word idolized. I don't really remember idolizing anybody but Gretzky and Lemieux. Idolizing, really. Maybe Chris Nyland. Um, but, you know, of course, was someone that I just never thought I'd ever meet. And, and especially, you know, be on the same team. And one of the first things he said, yeah, you went first round. I remember that I met him. He came over. He said, you went first round? I said, yep. Yeah. He said, you had 50 in junior? I said, yeah. He said, you went eighth overall from a good family, good Newfoundland? I said, yeah. He said, well, me too. We got a lot in common. He said, stick with me. And uh, that was, what, 25 years ago. And I talked, of course, two days ago. Funny how that goes. Anyway, I'm rambling. Uh, Joe Ishmael Diaby. Otherwise known as Dolo, coming right up. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest stands six foot five, 220, played four years in the QMGHL for Victoriaville before being chosen in the third round, 64th overall by the Nashville Predators of the NHL. He then played professionally for five seasons, including almost 100 games in the AHL, but recently took an unprecedented transition into the rap game and is now simply known as Dolo to hip-hop fans in Montreal. And everywhere, I suppose. We're in Sudbury shooting a TV series at the moment, so in the near future, he'll be adding actor to his already impressive and unique resume. Ladies and gents, he is a tough cookie, an acting rookie. He dresses dapper. He's a hell of a rapper. He wears cool socks and he rocks dreadlocks. He's a good guy. It's true. Was solid in the queue. He likes to share and he has nice hair. Chicks say he's hot and he has a hard shot. He goes high off the glass and what a breakout pass. His rhymes are tight. And we had Italian last night. He set the tone as a Cincinnati cyclone. We're on the same side of the tracks. I'm white. He's black. When I'm out West. I wear a bolo folks. It's Joe Diaby or simply. Dolo, Dolo, how the hell are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm living. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, brother. How are you? Well, it's great to meet you. And we can't really talk about what TV series it is quite yet, although stay tuned. And where can people find you, by the way, on Instagram? They can find me at Joe underscore Dolo on Instagram. Real simple, J-O underscore Dolo. Yeah, man. And uh, do you have a website or anything? The website is not officially um, up, but uh, they can find me on the Astred Collective. That would be the A-S-T-R-E-D collective.com. We just released a short movie as well. You'll find that all over there. Okay, deadly. So if people want, like when I tell people, I just say, stay tuned to my Instagram. If there's anything going on, I'll just post Shout it. Instagram, everything's okay. there. So you follow you there. and you. So listen, I'm really interested because I just met you and actually... I was very impressed by your hockey resume, but you can't follow as easy as you can hockey, music, rap, whatever it might be. So growing up, were you into music as much as hockey? No, not at all. Like growing up, I was just into hockey. Like I started playing it. I was eight years old. Uh, my dad's from Africa. My mom's a Quebecer. So my dad came to me for my first practices, first games at the rink. He didn't know what the fuck hockey was. None of that. But me, I just love the game, you know? 
and uh, started playing, have fun with it. Always was a big fan of music, but uh, never got into it. I played guitar a little bit as a youngster too for a year or two, but that was it. You know, sport. It wasn't cool. Music wasn't cool like like sports was to girls and at school and stuff like that. You know, so wow. I just kept going with the hockey and you know, thank to God, I I I, I kind of was good and you know, I never really thought of of making it to the pros. It was a dream, but until I started playing juniors, actually, I I, I would say midget. Midget. Wow, midget. that's that's played as a hockey player. Usually, you have an idea yeah. before that. Like, like I was just playing for fun, you know. And it's actually a guy who played a little bit in the Frederick Gautier. His dad, uh, well, Fred Fred played in Toronto for a couple of years, but uh, I don't know what he's up to now. But um, <clears throat> his dad actually got me into the midget AAA camp because I was just gonna go for the home team hockey, had fun with my homies and stuff. And he actually wrote me down to go, like, put my name down. For camp so i got calls and emails and stuff like that for me to show up at camp so i just went to you know and i made the team as a 15 years old like last defenseman you know just played a couple games and stuff like that and fucking got drafted in the queue and wow. from then i was like yo it, 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 like it, it's doable you know so let's keep pushing for it and made it to, we, we actually made it you know so yeah it was kind of cool were you big i mean you're you're big and you yeah. know I can. Were you always D? When I look at you, right off the bat, oh, as soon as we stepped onto the ice, I was like, "Wow, this guy!" Like you, I can see how you would have been a prospect, six five, two twenty, and yep. got that Chris Baker breakout pass. Good skater. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised. But when you were, I'm surprised by the late development. But when you were saying Pee Wee, were, were you as as big of a force compared to everybody else, or did you? Grow I always away? had an edge. I would say. Especially, it started at 12 years old. 12 years old, I was like 5'7", fucking, I don't remember how, how heavy I was. Almost 200 pounds. I was real heavy, man. I was, but I always had a little edge on guys. But uh, yeah, man, I always was taller. always been a defenseman. I wanted to start, I wanted to be a goalie at first because I was scared of, of hitting. <laughs> to, wow. to be quite honest with you, when I was seeing like the Montreal Canadiens playing, like they would they would go at it, I was I, I'd get scared. So I I wanted to play gold goaltender, but to be quite honest, the gear was too was too expensive. So I just played defenseman because it was the closest to the wow. to being a goaltender. And yo, know, I made a career out of it. <laughs> what what part of Montreal are you from? Uh, so I I traveled a little bit, but uh, I would say like right, right now I live in Centre Sud, but I would say I'm from Villeray. Uh, wow. So you, and you go on when you got drafted, I mean, third round, 64th overall, pretty hot for someone that two, three years before is like, thinking then, like, you know, I don't even know if I'm, you know, what, what do you mean? I'm going to be a hockey player to go like, 64th in the whole world. No, I was the three players your age went ahead of you. That's it. Yep. That was huge. I was the happiest guy in the fucking world that day. I, I remember it vividly, man. Like it was, it was this old draft week was just so memorable for me. Yeah, it was huge, huge, um, huge, huge. Yeah, and and what kind of vibes? So you get drafted by Nashville, right? So I'm, I'm guessing you didn't go to the draft, did you? I did. I did because um, I had one of my friends, Emil Poirier, who got drafted first rounder there. He was a big fucking prospect. So I, I was going like mostly. Where to, was it? It was in uh, New Jersey. Okay. 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 Fair. Yeah. So you could drive down. Went far from home, so I made a trip out of it. You know, we stayed in, we stayed a week in Manhattan. We had so much fucking fun, but uh, yeah, man. So got drafted there, and I had a big uh, had shoulder problems, so kind of had it kept it on the low. But yo, got drafted, went to the table with my agent. We showed up there. We're like, yo, I'm getting surgery tomorrow, so uh, I'll be out for three months. I won't make it to camp, but I'll see you guys soon. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck? But uh, they were really like, come. They knew, they knew we couldn't say anything before the draft, you know. So they understood everything, and and they 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 brought me to rookie camp and all those stuff. Still injured, or or recuperating. And uh, at the time, it was Barry Trotz there, so I I, I had a really good relationship with him. And uh, yeah, man, fucking went to like camp, but just skated around, not with the boys. I made I played in Milwaukee after that. Or actually, no, I came back juniors. And I didn't even play it till it was it was it was October. I thought it was maybe December. Actually, it was December. I think. So you were out considerably, and when you do go back, so I know, and I've talked about this one player. There's a player I know from Newfoundland. Is he played in Victoriaville with you? You know where I'm going to go with mm-hmm. this. And 
you know, he 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 was a real good player, above average at most. Oh, yeah. He struggled defensively at times, but Brandon Hines, could he shoot it? I've said to people, I said, like, I don't know, care what you say about the other sides of his game. You know, he could work on that. I don't want to put him down too much, but what I'm saying is that his shot was NHL. What a fucking shot on that guy. And you played with him, eh? Yeah, I played with Heinze for a couple of years uh, in Victoriaville, man. We had so much fun together, me and Heinze, but his shot was something else. I I bet. Like, fucking, we had to practice against the guy. Like, he was on the fucking... I remember being a fucking rookie and and Heinze just throwing fucking one-timers at me for half an hour. Yeah, he worked at it, too. You know, I I say to people, I'm like, you know, he comes. he's so happy-go-lucky that... Oh, you yeah. almost forget, like, there's a serious player inside of there, right? Oh, and yeah. he got and a cannon. Two step pull in, and oh, my, yo, he could fucking rip it. Einzi, we had a blast, and in, in, in coaches, we, we, coaches had a hard time with us, but uh, we I had bet, I Especially you guys, <laughs> like a big, a big black dude with dreadlocks and, and from uh, Quebec. And then you got yeah. Heinze, I mean. If if people think I have an accent, wait till you hear Brandon Hines speak. It must have oh, been. Oh, that's hard. when that's when I really that's when I, I I realized you know what it was to come yeah. from fucking Newfoundland and everything. No, Hines and I would we 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 had a fucking blast back there. Did Jewish. you ever make it to Newfoundland in the AHL? Never, never. I always wanted to, but I didn't make it there. They were in and out, out of the only league. good things about fucking Newfoundland. But inshallah, as we say, I get there one day. You uh, yeah you will I hope we get the other rapping to be honest with you um so then you go uh, what I love about Milwaukee as a minor league city is that it's it, it's a major league city but and the AHL had a few of them you know like I, mm-hmm. I I don't regret my time in Fredericton it was great I loved it but Fredericton yep. is a minor league city but mm-hmm. you know with it all of a sudden like Houston would be in the league and you'd be like what like how the fuck is Houston in the same league and then, mm-hmm. and they came in a bit later but but you know and then Philly and then Milwaukee. Fucking tell us a bit. Yeah. Places. Tell us a bit about Milwaukee. Uh, you know, I mean, they got professional yep. sports teams. There must be a thriving. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. Yo, like uh, they have the fucking Brewers there. Went to a couple of Brewers game at a blast. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks are doing really good now. Back then they would they, they were awful, but uh, we would go often there. and We play in the same rink as them back then. So we would like they would practice. Let's say we're just like having. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we practice in the same rink and all that. So we 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 crossed by the guys and all that. I remember talking to Giannis a couple of times. Wow, Middleton and all those guys were like watching us practice. They were in the gym and vice versa, you know. So 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 we had a blast. And our owner there were was a part owner with the Bucks at the time. I don't know if he still is. And uh, the more community work he would do, he would he would he would send you tickets. Ah. So I watched couple games courtside and all that with the boys. Man, it was at fucking blast and milwaukee's a big party city big fucking um they're big beer drinkers over there yeah yeah the, the miller the the breweries over there and stuff there's mad bars green bay packers an hour and an hour and a half away uh milwaukee man was just fucking the experience there was amazing you know and that's that's but that's also when i kind of shifted towards more the music and all and all but, that but was, hey as you're doing the shift but, yeah man as you're shifting here, because I'm, I'm guessing, you know, when you're because that's the A, you're down in the East Coast League and you're mm-hmm. probably going, OK, trying to pace yourself for the shift. But but even in the coast, you're in Cincinnati. I played in Cincy. What a fucking city that is. Uh, no, another major league city. Amazing city. Cincinnati was the best time ever, for real. And the coaches there were so understanding with me. And the, the like I had a blast with the guys too. Cincinnati. Was a beautiful city. The girls there, she uh, you got the couple universities, Bengals, the fucking uh, baseball teams there too. I forgot the name. Reds. But, uh, since, and the weather's nice because Milwaukee gets mad fucking cold and windy. Yeah. Well, but, uh, a, uh, a lot of people don't realize yeah, Cincinnati. that Cincinnati's right on, the, it's right on the border. Literally, there's a bridge. It's right on the border of Kentucky. Right, um, the right? Border, when people you, think Ohio, they don't think as warm. As Kentucky, no, exactly. <laughs> it's right yeah, there. We, we were playing in we played in Cincinnati, but our, our apartments were in in Northern Kentucky. So you have to cross the border yeah. every day, you know. I loved it there. Did you did you play? Because there's two rinks, but did you play downtown? Yeah, downtown at the U.S. Bank. 
How great is that? So uh, people that don't know, so the U.S. Bank and then right next to there's three huge arenas, right? So the U.S. Mm -hmm. Bank is right there. Then you got football. I forget the name of it, but uh, that's where the Bengals play. And then the Reds play right next to that. And so there's three of those huge stadiums that would make New York proud. And Mm -hmm. then right in the back, there's a river and there's riverboats on it. Uh, I guess it's the Ohio River, I I would guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right. And you can go out there and like. You know, just yeah. like you would see old school, like, and they they made a point to make them old school, right? Like the old riverboats. Yep. Yep. Um, that was a blast. I loved it. So yeah, connected, you get tickets to all the games and all that, bro. It was fucking. It was dope. It was nice. It was really cool. Tickets to fucking everything. Um, like, yeah, yeah, man. You. So, <clears throat> before we get into the transition, I want to ask because it must happen. It must. You don't, you don't have to sell any bad out here. I just mean in general, in general, in your hockey career, did you ever feel like people were being racist towards you or anybody? I mean, that's sure. I'm not trying things. to pick up on like anything new yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying to be woke. Mm-hmm. I just wonder it's, if it's a guy a line we're walking on. Right yeah, now. we are. Right. And, you know, you're yeah, you're a big black guy with dreads. You don't fit the mold, <laughs> even though you and I are very much similar. It would be only skin yep. color. But mm-hmm. I just wonder if you you dealt with anything like many others uh, have okay. that went through the same thing. Hundred percent, we do every day. It's like uh, it's 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 an ongoing thing, you know, because the, the sport is mostly white. It is it's owned by white people. You know what I'm saying? So like, and most of the people are older too. So it's it's the older generation. And yeah, man, every. every they like fuck my hair. You said it, you know. Fucking just the 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 one day I walked on the on the bus with grills. He ain't, he, ain't, he didn't like it, you know. It goes all the way down to the music we listen. Again, comments in the room, you know, the way we dress, and like every day, you know. So at one point, even me um, living that and and having everything I have back home going on that like back then, I just preferred to to, to leave, you know, and and. You know, and that's the pros. Like it's a, it's a nice league, so they won't. You know, they'll do it the, the sneaky way all the time. You know, just just sneaky. But I've had many many situations where like guys were sitting in the room holding their hand like this because they were so ashamed of what was what was happening. You know, like oh wow. So like, so most say players. So it was more say off. Like you're, I'm, I'm guessing your players, your teammates embraced you, or and you don't have teammates to embraced anybody. me all the time. That's one thing I have to say. I ain't never had. Well, I, I, I put my hands on a couple guys, yo. And since you had to put my hands on one teammate one day because he was being a fucking prick, but I, like, but that's the only event I had with fucking a teammate. But like coaching staff and 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 higher ranks in 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 the team, sometimes I've had a couple issues with and like yeah, man. Sometimes like it was maybe one guy there or two guys or whatever, but they would fucking like they would vouch for me today if we could make we could make a little movie about it. Maybe it's in it's in a box. Um, well, and the only reason I, I I'm not trying to dig anything up. It's just you know it's very relevant, and I can and especially and those things are changing. Think about it. Even a lot of the people that coach me, you, right? They're they're sixty seven years old. Like where things were. A lot different, and and they were. It's it's good that we're coming around now. It's finally good. We're in the process. So, like I said, I wasn't looking for a specific quote. I appreciate the anger, the answer you gave me. A lot of people pass it off like it's not there, but it is there. How about yep. growing up as a young kid? Yep. How about that? Was was it similar? That was, that was similar too, especially in Montreal. You know, and and once we moved to the suburbs of Montreal. Northside, um, that that was you know my I see my dad fight at the arena a couple times, you know, or just hear shit from parents and all that. But yeah, man, like we got a long, uh, we came a long way, but we still we only halfway, you know. Yeah, we yeah, came a long way, but there's still halfway to go more. And but uh, yeah, and I've even had so I left the uh, pros and I even had a big so I went back and played to the in this Quebec Uni League that we have the LNAH okay. and um. Yeah, man, and I still we still had problems there, and that wasn't against me because the player. Once again, players are all are all good, but it's the people around, either in the stands or literally, own, like not owners, but like you know, what I'm saying, 
People yeah, I read about this it. incident in the in the. Uh, I read about this. And the people so, outside yeah, the penalty box or something. The 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 went on my dad and fucking try and touch his hair. And my sister was there. She got grabbed. She had to fucking pull the guy away from this. My girl at the time almost punched somebody because he was pouring beer on my dad and stuff like that. I seen this. I just left the rink and they made a big thing about it. But so it's an ongoing. It's an ongoing. Uh, thing you know racism is it's there every day and thank god for cell phones and all that you know so everything gets recorded nowadays but uh and even you know but there's bad things happening in hockey whether it's racism fucking you can see no coaches getting getting uh backfired for yeah. they getting backfired for bad things they did you know that coach i don't remember that's good name. people gotta answer the bell you know um, and it's 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 time for that at, at, at times the pendulum swings a little bit far but I yeah. think in in that case in the sexual stuff and the racism, I think people should get what's coming to them. And, and you know, sure. it's a time for reckoning, my friend. And it's now. Um, yeah. uh, listen, d- does any of it? I don't know. I can't wait to hear your music. I haven't heard yet. And not, I'm not trying to be ignorant. I just didn't know. And I'm, no, I, hear you. I, I, I would love to hear it. So does any of that, those experiences, good, bad and ugly, does the mm-hmm. hockey stuff and the things that you went through, say there when it comes to dealing with racism, does that yep. come out in the music at all? It does. It does come out in the music very often. I'm actually currently working on an album just for that, though, you know. So I've I've been making a lot of songs and all that. And I, I sometimes I just, you know, talk a little bit about it. But I'm work. I'm currently working on an album that's just focused on literally from A to Z, just the entire story. Like it would be in a book or whatever, you know. Really, I'm, I'm working a little on bit, that. little bit of a concept album. Oh yes, oh yes, concept album. You know where I'll be burning my hockey jersey and bunch of stuff like that, but like just to show big images, you know. Of but, course, uh, and, and just send all my messages. Yo, that album, yo, if they they want to sue me after that, I'm dropping names and all this shit. I don't care, you know. what I'm saying it'll be the fucking. It could be the end of me, but it'll be it if that. That's <laughs> let it be it if that's that. That's it, you know. But. I, I want to I wanna also just share those stories because whether the hockey is a good, 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 good school, you know, it's 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 still giving me really nice. Say we're talking today. We, I met you because of hockey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm meeting beautiful people. Um, I'm getting beautiful opportunities. But the, the, the light has we have to show the kick the motherfuckers that are doing the wrong thing and having bad, bad uh, influence on people. You know what I'm saying? Because there's bad stuff happening, too, that's. We were, we were talking about it just yesterday walking said we had Italian last night, but when you play hockey at a certain levels, there's no rule for you in society. Like yeah. you become a fucking superhuman, like it's too much, you know, and some guys do, some guys handle it perfectly. And some guys just take a little advantage out of it. And then it has to stop, you know, cause we're, we're at the end of the day, everybody's fucking human being, you know what I'm saying? It's not cause you fucking, but we got a long way to come on that. But I want to I want to share that shit in my music and we'll see where, where it leads. You know what I've often said? Um, and because everybody faces adversity to some point. I never had to go through anything like that. But at various points in my life, whether it's uh, financial or uh, which has happened a lot, um, which uh, or if it was uh, something to do with I, I had post concussion syndrome and I had to make a decision. Gotcha. I was in the NHL lineup. I had to take myself out. It was a very, very tough hard on a kid's brain. Uh you know, not not on the same level, but hey, yeah, you fucking newfie, you know, you dumb mm-hmm. newfie. When I was a young kid, 14. So, but what I found, I'm going somewhere with this. A lot of people have mental adversity and I have mental health issues on or sorry, um, episodes on here that we deal with it. And, and I get a lot of feedback and I say to people, I'm like, you know, there's a there's a parallel. I say we're, a lot, we're, we're you and I are very similar when you write the music. It, it's like, you know, I write those books. It's like when I feel inspired, I write a chapter of a book and it almost feels therapeutic. You know, again, I I had an experience with Michelle Terry and I didn't like the guy. Totally forgive him, whatever. But at the time, what helped me get through it was coming home and and writing about it. And I feel Mm -hmm. it it just it's so freeing. And and everybody, I think, has that artistic brush inside them. They just don't absolutely make the decision. So you when you made the decision, was that freeing? That was the best relief I've ever, like, it was the best decision, best relief. It was the, the wow, you know, I started doing that in Cincinnati, actually. I started writing, like, not even rhymes, just writing down my, my feelings, actually, in a ah. book that I still have. And, like, the feelings I had that day or whatever. And one day, 
one of my home because I, I had invested in the studio back home because I had homies that was doing wrong stuff, doing in jail. Homie came out, bought the studio, told the nigga, yo, you stay there, make the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back then, that was a thing. And I was just keeping playing hockey. But he sent me a, he sent me a beat he had made and I was just writing, writing and I started writing rhymes, you know, and started writing rhymes and writing rhymes and at the end of fucking, I was there for an hour. I had like two songs written. <laughs> That's you know, great. Two songs written out of fucking just one feeling. And wow. I started like just singing that shit and it was amazing to me, you know? So the next day I came back, I asked him for another beat and I just started doing this every day. I have like, fucking books at home it's like lyrics lyrics of lyrics lyrics and then came and then that was my last year in cincinnati maybe like the last two months i was there and no but it was really it was a therapeutic it was the best therapy for me and then i came back home and we i entered the studio and then i i sang my shit and uh and that was the another feeling that i've never like experienced you know i, I was just there listening to like what I had in mind and what was on my heart. And then other people were just bouncing their head to it. You know, I was like, and then I stepped back. I was like, wow. And, and so yo, I had to fucking, that hit me like a passion right then. So I just started writing my feelings down every day, feelings and then stories that I've seen that I live whatever. And, and that's how we make the music. And nowadays fucking three years later, man, I'm, I've been on the biggest festival in Montreal, I've seen biggest places in the world. You know, I've sang in Africa a couple of places. I fucking get booked every weekend. So, like, it's just amazing for me, you know? Every when you second, sat down you know, in Cincinnati, what you were doing was opening a door. Mm -hmm. And there was a monkey on your back that you knew was there, but you didn't realize how At quick all. that you could deal with that monkey. You're like, I, I, I kind of identify, man. Like, I you know not fully but there are similarities and i know what it's like to go oh God, you know what wow like i, I got this in me and the, the, you write a chapter and you're like fuck and then all of a sudden i'm like Gee, i'm 100 pages in i might have a book yep. here like you know yep. and, and you're thinking fuck you know i, I think i might be an artist here yeah you know you want to talk about some racist see I, that just came up to me we're on the sure. bus we're, we're chilling on the bus there's like three guys in front of the bus they're battle rapping having fun they're doing their thing i'm at the back of the bus I'm, i don't even remember what i'm doing i might be listening to music whatever i'm doing my thing but i let, and homies just because i'm black yo dolo baby i was my bad it wasn't even dolo it was yo joe yeah come rap come rap you must be good you know what i'm saying because you're you know i'm still for a pickup game of basketball and you go first overall even though there's four white guys there that played basketball you know what i'm, you know what I'm saying yeah and back then i would I, ha I had no idea about it you know it wasn't me I, ha I was the dj everywhere because i had good fucking music reference and all that but i wouldn't know music right or whatever so i, I was like i'll do this shit i'll do this shit you know what i'm saying next thing you know fucking i leave hockey to do this shit but like yeah man it's fucking hilarious. It's like a bad episode of The Office or something. Fucking, they just pick you first. Oh, God. Um, listen, I appreciate it. I got some uh, quick questions. Rapid fire randoms, we call them. Should be another uh, 10 minutes or so. Are you good with that, Dolor, or what? I'm good with it, man. I'm having fun. Okay, brother. Thanks a lot. Here we go. Um, your death row meal. You got one meal left. You're sitting there. You're about to get hung because you've done, you've just done something crazy. And what are you going to have as your last meal? Um, it's called atsiki. So it's an African meal. We do the, it's, it's grilled chicken and it's like a mix of couscous and rice. So it's the texture would be, it's kind of a, it's a side that you eat with your hands. You know what I'm saying? So you get this, you get the chicken and the sauce. I'll send you a picture, whatever, man. But that would be a chicken atsiki. We call it atsiki. Could you make that it would, here? We're here for another five or six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make it here one day for sure. Okay, for sure. that's what I'll break. Remember I said I'm not eating red meat or chicken now, but I mean, yeah. I will. And I said, like, you know, mm -hmm. I, it was more to test my cholesterol for a few months. For sure. But I said, I'll break for it sure. for something. I'm not married to it. It's not a moral thing. It's not just, But that, mm -hmm. if you choose to make that, for mm -hmm. sure, I'd bend for something like that. Yeah, man, we'll get it done for sure. Give me a fucking stove. We'll, 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 we'll uh, not a rapid fire random, but you keep bringing that up. Your mom is from Quebec. Your dad is from Africa. So side note here, I want to know how did they meet? And that doesn't sound like a hockey atmosphere. No, that's not a hockey related story at all. Actually, fuck, my dad was a fucking, yo, he was in Africa, you know, he grew up fucking poor. He had it really rough. And um, he wanted to do better for himself. So he fucking started 
uh, he stashed his money and he left for Europe, did a couple of years in Europe when he was uh, 17. So I think he showed up in Montreal, he was around 20 or 21. And uh, he married he married a girl that my mom knew back then just to get his paper type of thing, you know? And so he and my mom became good friends through the woman he was with before. And my, even my mother had another guy at time at the time and they were really good friends for like a couple of years, actually. Even my dad had another girl. I, had, I have an older sister. So my mom and dad were like good friends for like fucking 15 years until... They, 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 they had me pretty much. That is great story. Is your mom white or black? She's white. white. So She's from St. Jerome, like super white fucking town. Wow. Like, so guy no comes over from people. Africa, black guy from Africa. Come, I, I'm not laughing. It just doesn't seem like I, it sounds like a, such a you crazy, know? like a unique story that you got yeah, there. Man. So he's, he's yeah. black from Africa. She's yeah. white from Quebec, French girl. They yeah. meet and you yeah. become a hockey player. You know, <laughs> but that's Montreal for you right there. That's it, you know what? Montreal that fucking is Montreal. Right that is Montreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are your top three things about Montreal? Fucking the women, the nightlife and people. No, oh, no, the weed. Oh, wow. Interesting. Good answer. Most prized possession. Your most prized possession. Fuck. I don't even know because I don't like... Fucking my my first goal, uh, my first pro goal puck I have at home. And where was that? That was in Milwaukee um, against the fucking Grand Rapids Griffin, if I'm not mistaken. Great Sparm team. Clapper from the point. Uh, Beautiful. You had a hard shot too, man. Um, (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't get more PP time. Uh, Would you rather go in a hot air balloon from Toronto to Montreal or fight Mike Tyson? Oh god damn the hot air balloon for sure. Solo in the hot air balloon though. It's just you. Oh get there. No, I I, I try my shot then because I probably wouldn't even get there. <laughs> Solo in the air balloon now. Nah. <laughs> uh, I'll get real tight with Mike. Uh it's woken Jay before. Talk it yeah, out. That'd uh ease you in. <laughs> Mike could probably uh take it easy. Who who knows? Neither one for me. I'm terrified of heights, so I'd just fight Tyson just to take the punch and go down. <laughs> um, you got a choice of one of these things. You you you've got to do one. Never leave North America again. Never eat dairy again, or never go to a movie again. Never eat dairy again. For sure. One player that you played with gets to be your personal chef for the rest of your life. Who would it be? Oh, fuck. Oh, man. I would say, I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. His name is Sam Finn. Okay. Oh, no. Fuck that. Freddie Gaudreau. Freddie Gaudreau for shout. Okay. He's good in the kitchen. Yeah, man. He's with the wild right now. He's in Minnesota. Freddie Gaudreau. I kid you not. Listen to this. We're fucking first year before we're going for Nashville training camp. Yeah. We're, I, we're, we don't know each other. We're just played against each other for a couple of years and all that. Flight got delayed in Philly, I think, for fucking like seven hours or whatever. And, you know, it's fucking airport food. So you get McDonald's, Burger King, your regular fucking stupid shit. And the airline comes. So we don't really want to eat too bad because, you know, it's like first year we've been working so much. Yeah. First year coming in the camp and all that. And the woman comes around and she she's handing out chips and all bags of stuff. Bunch of snacks and all shit, but you, I get fucking mad hungry, so I grab two bags of chips and I just fucking munch them. And I'm like, "Yo, you want some?" He's like, "No, no, 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 no." I'm like, "You want some?" Like, "No, no, no." <laughs> For seven hours, Freddie wouldn't eat nothing other than fucking salad or fish or whatever, something healthy because. He's had his entire like planned out like he yeah, was yeah. eating on a diet for the entire summer and that wasn't on his diet, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Was, and if you break it, it often opens the door to break. And I know it. You know, so he was like, nope, nope. For seven hours, Freddie didn't eat nothing nor snack. <laughs> Man's was hungry. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm gonna wait it out. <laughs> that was that's when I, I I realized I realized how like how focused this guy was and and you know how different he really was, man. Wow, it's a great story. Um, would you chop off a hand for $26 million? Just have a hook or whatever. Fuck. I don't think so, man. 
It's a lot of money, but I don't think so. It's a hand. Hands big. Like, oh, maybe a fucking finger. But like, even then, I think like, I might. A 26 million. What would you do with 26 million then? After just fucking, I, I don't know. I guess I think about my daughter and I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, hear I, I think I've been, there's a hook. Team. I'd never play hockey again, though. I think I it's easy no, to say yeah, yes. Man. You'd be the first. Yeah, fuck. I was going to drop a bomb there. Oh, uh, my bad. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, you know, I, no, but I was going to say it's still, yeah, man. It's like a, a new hitch. New hitch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You'll, you, you people will get that in about a month from now. Mm. Um, you have to remove two NHL teams from the league. Which teams would it be? Fucking Kraken and the Boston fucking Bruins. Oh, <laughs> old school and brand new school. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. Your favorite animal? Sheesh. Monkeys. Like monkeys. Like, yeah, monkeys. Um, like swinging trees monkeys? Yeah, like, like, like not the, the not the big gorillas that are you know the, more, the more the gorilla. Trees, the I like the monkeys, monkeys but kind of thing. more the gorilla, the, more the gorilla, the gorilla. To be honest, fucking the tough gorilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they were fuck niggas up. I think the mute mute the monkey'd be cute, but if you were uh, in survival mode, imagine having yeah. a fucking gorilla on your side. It'd be better to be a gorilla. Yeah. Would you go into space if given the opportunity? Absolutely, absolutely. I'd like to see that shit. Before every gig that you have from here on in, how much would it take to in your opener? You have to. So this is the deal. Let's just say this. Let's change the question. It's same thing. Twenty six million dollars in your pocket right now. But. Every time you go out to play a gig, you have to get up in front of the crowd and say, look, the reason I'm here is because Vanilla Ice is my favorite rapper ever, and I think he's a genius and the greatest musician and whoever. So I owe it all to Vanilla Ice. Now, 26 no, I minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd kill your career. You oh, I can't sell my soul like that. No. That would... <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> I can't even fucking imagine if you did that. People go, what the oh, fuck? fuck. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Um, fuck. I don't know, man. Pet peeve, bro. Spiders. Just straight up spiders. Yeah. Um, would you rather be a Marvel? So now you're, you're, you're entering in the acting world and, and you rap. So would you rather right now get news that you're the new, say, Black Panther, you're a Marvel superhero? I don't know any of any of them. Let's say Black Panther, for lack of a better one. Or so you're the new Black Panther or tour with Kendrick Lamar. And as you know, you're opening for you're getting exposure. So you're, you you know, you're I know. I'd rather go on tour with Kendrick Lamar. It would be, uh, I would, yeah. Just because it's Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I mean, you, you I, I didn't even ask you. I'm guessing that if you I rap. I mean, I. The movie, but Kendrick Lamar, sheesh. I mean, I would think. I, I like Kendrick. There's probably a lot that, although I'm pretty well-versed when it comes to music. Mm. I would think you you got ahead of me in the rap game, but I, I just guessed that you would like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, who, who would be your, your influences? Influences, I would say 50 Cent for sure. A uh, little bit of Lil Wayne too. I I I I listened to a whole lot of Lil Wayne growing up. Um, yo, fucking a lot of guys actually. I listened to everything, but Fifty Cent, Lil Wayne, Snoop Dogg, you know all that NWA era. I saw Snoop I, in the mid nineties. Yeah, saw Ice also, Cube too. I didn't see NWA, but I saw Cube. Oof, that must have been so incredible. Way back then, yeah. Well, it was. Look, I've often told the story. I played junior in Tri-City, which was outside Seattle. So the grunge gotcha. movement was happening, but all music was going there to record. Right? Like oh, you'd see. Like Ice Cube. Hold on. I don't know what the fuck they want. Oh, the door? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, thank you. No such input on your TV. Oh, nice. You wanted to change the input on your TV as well? I don't know. I ain't even asked for nothing like that, so I don't know what's happening. Oh, that's mine. 
That's for you? Yeah, that's for my, because I got the PlayStation and I go back and forth. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I'll just come get it after this. I go on and play PlayStation at night, right? E-A-S-H-L. Me and my my buddies play one position each and just get on there and have a joint and just get right into it. Yeah, man. Yeah, what were we saying? I forgot. Just a couple more. Do you own any CDs? Oh, dude. I own like 3,000 fucking vinyls. Oh, that was my next question. CDs or vinyl? So you got, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same. I got lots of vinyl. I, yo, I have, I have a huge collection at the studio, man. We have like, we have everything. From Dude, I'd I'd rock. love to sit down and and play some tunes one time. Dude. Sure, man. If you come down to my job, bro, we have the entire rooms filled up. Okay, no, this is definitely everything happening. from rap to rock, country, disco, fucking world music, everything. Because we chop it up, right? So we use vinyls. We use like CDs. Oh, dude, dude, I gotta come see this. I got yeah, to dude. come see this before. Dude, okay, yeah, okay. Dude. When we're going back, I mean, we, once mm-hmm. I go to Newfoundland, I'm in Newfoundland. Yep. When I'm up here, I'll just come over there. You know. A, oh, for sure, bro. I'll fly back a few days late. Anytime. Okay, deadly. Come sit down and fucking we throw some tunes out. We smoke one and that's it. You know, we just start. Yo, the studio's open for that. That's what we do. But yeah, I own like mad vinyls, mad CDs, everything. Good. I mean, I figured I was just curious if you Mm -hmm. went that route or was it all Mm -hmm. online stuff. Uh, How many fish burgers have you ever eaten? None. How many chicken burgers have you ever eaten? Probably like a million. (laughs) <laughs> How many triple burgers, just straight up hamburgers, triple burgers? Fucking once at, uh, there's a restaurant called Le Belle La Boeuf, Montreal. I know the restaurant. Once, once the fucking hamburgers, like fucking two feet high. Would you come to Newfoundland if I got you a gig? A hundred percent. Fantastic. That's that. Was, I would stay longer. I would come for the gig and probably get an Airbnb or something for a week or two, probably two weeks. Okay, this is fantastic. I do. Uh, I think I, I I have a little bit of pull in that direction, and I'd love to get you over there in the uh, spring or the summer. Do some whale watching, oh, hang out at George Street. For sure. Um, okay, we'll work on that. And I know a few people are listening that can make it happen. So chop chop, boys. <laughs> Lastly, upcoming events. Where can fans go? Um, I guess we already mm-hmm. talked about Instagram. Do you yep. have? I, I guess not in the near future. What are your plans? You know, in the new year. New Year, man, 2022, I'm going to release a French album. I have an English album and I have a bilingual album. So I'm releasing three albums in 2022. I'm going for a tour in Africa in January. And yes, people can follow me on Joe underscore Dolo. I want to say I just released a short movie. So I wrote the script fucking a year and a half ago. And um, we shot the entire thing a year ago and it took a full year uh, to do the post-production because we're doing everything ourselves from the music to the edits, to the VFX, to the sound, everything we're doing together, my team, five guys. So yes, you can find Black to the Future. That's the name of the movie on my Instagram, Joe underscore Dolo. (laughs) <laughs> okay, fantastic. I'm going to check that out myself. Thanks, my man. Um, Thanks for you, anybody buddy. that... Um, oh, no, no, I, re- I really appreciate it. I think uh, as time goes on, people listening now, I'm going to release this tomorrow, but uh, all this will make sense. The show that we're doing, just stay tuned. Yep. Right? Stay tuned. And you might even hear some of Dolo's music um, in and around really? the show. I'm definitely going to post some, but just stay tuned to our Instagram accounts. Thanks again. Joe, uh, Dolo, um, Listen, I think it's the start of a good, uh, close relationship we're going to have. I like your style. Uh, you're a good guy. And um, yeah, let's do this together. Thanks a lot for uh, coming on the show and talk soon. What room are you in? I'm in 421. See you soon. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, brother. Okay, folks, there you have it. Thanks to my guest, Jonathan or Joe Ishmael Diaby, now known as dolo and you'll be hearing more uh, from him and myself but you'll hear a lot more from him just stay tuned to our instagram account soon great guy like i said we met just this week but i'm intrigued by his story and i can't wait to hear his music i honestly haven't heard any yet and i'm looking forward to it um thanks for tuning in always remember uh check out 
Green Sleeves downtown, uptown. If you're home in Newfoundland, home, I say home. If you're in St. John's, um, TJ's Pub, check it out. Trinity Pub, Wedgwood Cafe and Elizabeth Avenue is awesome. Plus, they do catering and Penny Posh. Penny Posh Designs. Is it pennyposh.com? A women's wear reimagined, but it's coming up on Christmas time as well. And uh, send my ex wife, Danielle Young, on Instagram. Send her a message or just go to Penny Posh. And lastly, if you'd like a book, go to flankerpress.com. Flankerpress.com. And if you'd like it personalized, just shoot me a direct message. Uh, track me down on social media. Okay. Order it on flankerpress.com. You're going to get a better deal than uh, I've given in the past couple of years. They're great people there. We've worked together to try to give some Christmas prices. And uh, just shoot me a note if you want me to personalize it. And uh, what I do, I just uh, stop in when I'm at home. And uh, in this case, I brought a bunch of books to Sudbury with me. And uh, you guys just let me know, okay? Thanks again uh, to my guest, Dolo. Stay tuned. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the rebound. This has been episode 77. Love you guys. Stay safe. Talk soon.